Welcome to Fried, the ultimate guide to burnout podcast. If you've ever been burnt out because of your job, your relationship, or just your life, this is the place for you. We will talk all things burnout by sharing deep stories of personal transformation each week with a new guest who vows to share their stories without leaving out the scary bits. This is raw, honest, and brought to you by acupuncturist and burnout coach Kate Denovan, whose own experiences make her determined to change the current burnout culture. Hello to all my Fried listeners. It is March 2020, and we are in between seasons here at Fried. And in this in-between time, so very much has happened. I have released a few hashtag straight from Kate episodes, and the whole world went into lockdown. Let's try and remember, please, that correlation is not causation, shall we? I swear this whole thing isn't my fault. This past week on Instagram, I read a small portion of my book, The Bounce Back Ability Factor, about sitting in the muck. I read this portion because right now I think that it's absolutely necessary to have this skill. I know that people are struggling to process their emotions and find their footing in this new normal that up until a few months ago seemed like total sci-fi. I got some feedback after that Instagram story that people would like to be able to access this information long term and that the 24 hours that Insta stories gave us just wasn't enough. So here I am making this into a podcast episode for you so that you can have it for as long as this podcast exists, which I hope is forever. In the midst of the coronavirus crisis, my crowdfunding campaign to get the Bounce Back Ability Factor published is still on. I've dragged out the deadline some to give people space to sit in the muck and deal with the emotions. And I am so convinced that this book is needed, especially right now, that I cannot in good faith stop this campaign. We all need more bounce back ability, and part of that is learning how to sit in the muck, which is what I'm going to teach you to do today. And my ask is that if you find it helpful, you consider contributing to the campaign that will make the bounce back ability factor a published reality this summer and fall. And you can find the link on my Instagram at Kate underscore Donovan, or you can search I fund women bounce back ability and it will definitely come up. There's not too many bounce back ability words uh, floating around there. So it should be pretty easy to find. I'm going to start just by reading this full passage. And I, I pulled this from a couple of different parts of the book. So this is not exactly what it will sound like when you see the book in its real form, but I wanted you to have a full, um, series of thoughts of how I think about this. So I'm going to start with some things that bounce back ability includes and what sitting in the muck means, and then give you an idea on how sitting with the muck, sitting in the muck will be helpful for you. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into that now. Bounce back ability includes your ability to first allow space for a reaction to whatever just happened followed up by your ability to use that thing as a springboard to bring you back to a state that is better than before. There is no set timeline. Allowing space for your reaction, for your emotions, is something that I call sitting in the muck. Sitting in the muck means not searching for a silver lining the moment you have a car accident. It means not creating a positive spin on a situation before you're ready. It means feeling the anger, joy, sadness, or rejection without trying to shoo it away or make it unimportant. 
You can sit in the muck for a day, a year, a decade, as long as you decide at some point to bounce back. Sitting in the muck timelines. This is impossible to write because your timeline will be different based on what happened, who you are, and who your support system is. Here's one major way that you'll know that it's time to move out of the muck and hop into the shower to get those last bits of dried swamp off your legs. You get sick of the story. Or everyone around you does, and you find yourself looking for new people to tell instead of changing your tune. When you're sick of hearing and telling the same story over and over again, it's time to move on. I know that you'd love for me to tell you that it happens sooner than that, but most of the time it doesn't. Bounce back ability doesn't require you to be at your best when you're not ready to be there. It simply asks that when it's time, you'll do the damn thing. You get me? With smaller hurts and pains that might only need an hour or two, the sign to move on from the muck is that you've stopped replaying it in your mind unless reminded by an outside source. What happens when you're stuck in the muck, you're sick of your story, but you can't seem to make a change? This is the point where you should go get some help. Therapy, acupuncture, counseling, coaching, church, friends. If you don't ask for help in these moments, you end up leaning on bad habits instead. Instead of friends, you choose ice cream. Instead of counseling, you choose Netflix. Instead of coaching, you choose extra-long scrolling sessions on Instagram. When you're avoiding your discomfort, you're out of bounce-back ability's power. You've gone off-center. When you are aware of the strength of your bounce-back ability, you know that you will do what it takes, talk to who it takes talking to, and get help where you need it so that you can face the discomfort and make it through. Deciding to get help depends on so many factors, but the two main ones are time and money. If you can make 10 minutes a day but you can't afford counseling, start journaling. If you have the time for coaching but can't afford it, follow a few people on Instagram or LinkedIn that ask prompting questions that will help you gain clarity. You can feel free to follow me at Kate underscore Donovan or at Fried the Burnout Podcast. I also suggest following therapists Whitney Hawkins Goodman uh, at Sit With Wit and Britt Frank at Britt Frank. In addition, on the podcast, every single week I have a conversation with someone who has burnt out and bounced back and now helps other people to do the same. Go find the Fried the Burnout podcast episodes that resonate with you most and then follow those people. If you have the money but not the time, find someone that works online or has a membership type program that you can do in your spare time without needing to schedule another hour into your week. There's a solution out there for everyone. I'm sure that there's a way to work within your time and money that will help you get where you need to go. If you're not sure how, crowdsource. Whether it be a few trusted friends you ask or your entire Instagram feed, someone somewhere has an answer for you. And now I'm going to jump down to a section that's called how to sit in the muck. I know that I said during this paragraph that when you're avoiding things, you know, you're Netflixing or you're falling into other bad habits, which when you're in the part where you're still sitting in the muck and you're not ready to get out of it is totally acceptable. Like, I need you to hear me say that right now. That part is totally, totally acceptable. If you need to avoid the overwhelming emotion sometimes because that's the only thing that you can do then you do that. You just have to promise me that you won't stay there forever. All right, so now I'm going to read the section titled How to Sit in the Muck. Well, you start by sitting in the muck. I mean it. When you feel an overpowering emotion, stop and sit down if you can and allow yourself to feel this emotion on every level, mind, body, and soul. 
This means not eating to avoid the feeling. It means not Netflixing to avoid the feeling. It means making space for this emotion without avoidance and without judgment. It also means learning to recognize what emotion it is that's coming up. This is harder than you might think. Most of us wave over emotions by saying things like, I'm stressed. But here's the thing about that. Stress isn't an emotion. It's more likely that you're irritable, frustrated, or overwhelmed, all of which you could deal with head on if you were able to label and name them. Here's the exercise to help you label and name your emotions so that you can move through them. Number one, stop. Sit down and agree to get interested in what it is actually like to feel through something. Curiosity is the most important part of this process. Number two, look around the room, find an object. Name and describe the object and where it is. For instance, gray pillow on the floor, red chair in the corner, blue vase on the shelf, old shelves on the wall, ugly lamp on the side table, until you feel a little calmer than you were before. Number three, now direct your energy inside your body. Name an emotion the same way that you just named these objects by describing them. For instance, burning anger in my chest, heavy grief in my heart, big sadness on my shoulders. Choose just one of these emotions and do it as best you can. You'll definitely get better with practice. Once you've named, this is number four, once you've named the emotion, try describing it as best you can. Ask yourself these questions. Does it have a color? Is it a solid, a liquid, or a gas? Does it have a shape? If you said burning anger in my chest, you might say it's red and gas-like spreading and moving around. It has no particular shape but seems to be seeping into everything. Simply observe that and note your observations. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're making this all up. It just matters that you put words to the sensations. They don't have to even be correct. Number five, then answer the question. What would a five or six-year-old do to move this red gas-like anger seeping into my body? And then answer the question with the first thing that comes to mind, even if it sounds silly. When I was writing this exercise, the thing that came into my mind was vacuum it up. Number six, imagine yourself taking that action that a five-year-old would take to move that emotion. Number seven, sit back and see how you feel. Number eight, repeat as necessary. Notice that this process doesn't ask you to unfeel the emotion or to ignore it. It asks you to see it and feel it and see if you can move it. If you're successful in moving all or a part of it, that doesn't mean the emotion goes away forever. It just reminds you that the emotion is temporary and will change, and thus boosts your own faith in your bounce-back ability. If you're not, quote-unquote, successful, that simply becomes another thing that you notice. You can come back and try again. You know you're ready to come out of the muck when you're able to do this with ease and the emotion doesn't readily return. There's no judgment during this process. It is a place for curiosity and play. I have had emotions that I played with this way for years, even around one topic. After a friend's breakup, I rotated through anger, sadness, disappointment, and resentment 
for nearly two years before I was able to really think about the situation without the emotions clouding it. I didn't wait that long to find silver linings along the way, but I did allow myself that much time to process the emotions that had happened. That person was important to me, and losing them was painful. You aren't going to vacuum it up on a Wednesday when it happens on a Tuesday and expect it to be gone if it's a big major situation in your life. The more you use this method, the more you get to know how particular emotions show up in your body, and you'll start to recognize them better, and then again, increase the strength of your bounce back ability. It's much easier to bounce back from something you see and recognize than from something unknown. For instance, if you feel anger often and you learn that in your particular body, anger often shows up with a clenching in your jaw, you might start to recognize the jaw clench before you even feel the anger and you'll be in a better position to actually do something about it. You'll become a master of emotional processing by understanding exactly how when, and where the physical emotion sensations appear in your particular body. Mastering just this one thing will dramatically change your life, decrease your burnout, and make you a happier human. So there you have it, a guide to sitting in the muck. In a time where there is so much judgment on everyone else's reactions, I hope that this gives you the permission that you need to just leave yourself some space for grace and give yourself the time to feel whatever it is that you're feeling. I went through some pretty serious anxiety for a few days when this whole thing first happened, and now I'm feeling mostly good, but the world seems to be flip-flopping through emotions at the moment. So there is no shame in still feeling fear, anger, frustration, overwhelm, or whatever happens to be coming up for you. This is a magical time to remind ourselves that we are, in fact, still human. I know that this particular practice is useful because I've been using it for years. So please practice it, share it with your friends, and let's create a space where it's okay for all of us to feel whatever it is that we're feeling. Thank you so much for being here this week, and thank you to everyone who has already contributed to the Bounce Back Ability Factor campaign, and to everyone who believes in this project enough and likes the rewards enough to back it even in these crazy times. Please know that I am with you in spirit and supporting you as much as I can from all of the different resources that I love creating for you. And if there is a question or something that you need in particular, please do reach out. I believe we have one more week of Straight From Kate before season two of the podcast comes back. So if there's something that you need answered, we've got another week to do that and uh, keep me posted and I'll do my best to respond in kind. All right, until next time. Thank you.